Wednesday morning on Buckeye Breakdown. We are halfway through the week. We're getting ready for Ohio State against the Indiana Hoosiers to open up the season on Saturday afternoon. Today, we dive into some more of the specifics, not just the general things surrounding the game, but how does Ohio State line up against a totally overhauled Indiana defense, especially now knowing who the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes is going to be. It's all coming up next on the Wednesday morning edition of Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. If this is the first time you're joining us, we're glad to have you here at 7 a.m. live every morning as we talk Ohio State football, get you started for the day. I'm Brendan Gulick, along with Anthony Meglin, and uh, you can find us on BuckeyesNow.com, certainly on our social media channels, at BuckeyesNow underscore FN. We're associated with uh, Fan Nation, Sports Illustrated Media Group, and certainly uh, live here on our YouTube channel as well. Buckeye Breakdown podcast available wherever you like to get your favorite podcast. Lots uh, lots of places to check out the work, and we've got you covered during a busy week, that's for sure, as we get ready for uh, kickoff for week one. And it's finally starting, at least for me, Anthony, to feel a little bit more tangible, a little more real, because uh, as we inch closer to that game, you're making travel plans, you're thinking about what Saturday's going to hold. Uh, it's it's starting to kind of hit you that, gosh, we're we're here, we're doing it. Yeah, I mean, yesterday it was great talking with Jack from uh, from Indiana. He's giving us food recommendations for Saturday, which we're fired up about. I know you're fired up about it. Uh, but, yeah, it's starting to feel really real. Um, you know, we got games tomorrow, um, kicking kind of off the season with a full slate um, tomorrow night. So um, it's like we kept saying it. It's, it's starting to feel um, really real, and it was fun uh, breaking down uh, really the Indiana defense um, and really kind of getting an understanding of what they're going to be. Um, what they're what's new with them this year um, kind of what some of the changes that they've made both big and small um, and seeing what success Ohio State had last year because uh, although it's going to look a little bit different from a personnel standpoint I think schematically you're going to see a lot of similarities um, and it was really interesting to see how um, Ohio State attacked um, their defense last year uh, with the skill that they had and it's uh, it's really important to to, to kind of look at that stuff um, when you're when you're talking about having a new quarterback, so just kind of kind of piecing some things together, um, you know, from from what we've heard, what we've seen in the past, uh, to try to see how these Buckeyes are going to attack uh, this Indiana defense. And, and on top of all of that, interested to see how the offense for Ohio State looks when Devin Brown gets in. You know, after Kyle McCord's done playing, when will Devin Brown play? Ryan Day made it sound like he wants Devin to play meaningful actual snaps, not just you know, mop-up duty. So when is that? And what does that look like? We're, we're going to find out at some point. Um, but I, I love the fact that he's made up his mind on a quarterback. Personally, I'm excited that Kyle McCord's a guy. Uh, and let's see where it goes. And and uh, hopefully Ohio State can thrive as the offense gets out there for the first time in the post-C.J. Stroud era. Yeah, what I'm looking forward to most uh, from that perspective is how do their skill sets differ uh, because we've just heard, um, really, we've a very short, very small sample size of seeing what Kyle McCord is. 
Um, but uh, really no sample size other than high school highlight tape for Devin Brown outside of practice. Um, so you, you hear the athletic prowess that he has. Um, you'd love to see that in action um, and see how he delivers the football, see how, so he, see how he can throw it um, and, and see uh, and on Kyle's side, you know, see what improvements have been made, um, see kind of what he's bringing to the table this year. It'll be fun to see. It'll be, uh, it'll be really um, important as well um, as we kind of look down the road um, to see who it might be, um, you know, kind of that, uh, that, that, that um, quarterback one uh, moving forward. I'll tell you what, I uh, the, the only thing that I have seen from Devin Brown in person uh, that, you know, really, you know, eye popping, right, made you go, whoa, uh, practice last year before the Peach Bowl. Devin Brown had an unbelievable throw off balance on the run, a good 55 or 60 yards, and he hit a receiver in stride right at the front pylon. And it kind of made you go, okay. There's something here. This is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, we'll see if he's the guy, for, you know, long stretch or not. But uh, looking forward to seeing him get on the field for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that goes back to what Ryan Day said yesterday. He goes, this is Ohio State. You, you know, we got we have dudes that come here. Ohio State attracts really great teams, really great people, um, and really great players. And, um, you know, what's wrong with having two quarterbacks? I know I've had the mindset, and we've talked a bunch, like if you have two, you have none. However, when Ryan Day said that yesterday, he goes, hey, Alabama won a national championship a couple years back with two guys in Jalen Hurts and Tua. Uh, you know, why can't um, something like that happen? You know, these are both two really good players. Um, and we'll see how things happen, um, how they're able to handle live action, live bullets, um, and, and just really see what they're, what they're able to do. So I'm definitely excited about that. All right, so theoretically, this is a pretty good matchup for the Buckeyes to start the season. They have beaten Indiana 27 times in a row. Uh, all-time in Bloomington, Ohio State is 29-2-1, and dating back to a tie in 1990. Uh, Indiana has not beaten Ohio State since 1987 and 1990, uh, 1988. Uh, they beat them back-to-back years. So it, it's been a matchup historically that favors Ohio State. Um, you know, every year is a different year. Every team's a different team. But Ohio State goes into this game with high expectations of, you know, execution. So, you know who the quarterback is now. You also got some clarity yesterday that Josh Simmons, Josh Fryer are going to be your two starting tackles, and Carson Hinsman is going to be your starting center. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Steve Hellwagen that asked Ryan Day if he if he was losing any sleep over having a starting center that's never played a snap of college football and. Ryan laughed and gave a sarcastic response, basically saying, thanks, I, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you you, you kind of now know who the offensive line is going to mm-hmm. be because you, your guards are returning, um, and, and you never really had any questions at the other spots. Um, so you, you generally have an idea of what this offense is going to look like now. Let's evaluate as best we can what, you know, what their strengths are against an Indiana defense that has a ton of transfers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this defense, the theme of the Indiana defense is transfers. Um, they're going to have 13 guys uh, playing on defense that uh, that weren't wearing Indiana uniform la- or an Indiana uniform last year. And not transfers from JUCO or not transfers from small schools, like big-time uh, transfers. Some of the schools that they're, that they're going to be coming from, Texas Tech, Texas A&M, West Virginia. Western Michigan may seem small, but keep that one in mind. We'll star that one. Um, Arizona State, Texas, Oregon, UTEP, another Texas Tech, Austin P, 
Stanford and a Notre Dame guy. Um, so like these aren't guys who are just Joe Schmoes coming from the from across the street. You know, these are big time college college um, uh, division one transfers who maybe they didn't play every day um, at their prior school, but they've had experience in the SEC. They've had experience um, in the in the Pac-12, the, the former formerly known as Pac-12. Uh, but they've had experience um, playing against big time dudes. So that's something to definitely keep in mind because, you know, Indiana was one of the worst statistical defenses in the country last year, let alone the Big Ten. They were last in the Big Ten. They were one of the worst uh, defenses statistically um, in both run and pass. Um, so it's really only way to go is up. And they really hit the transfer portal very, very hard. Um, and uh, um, it's going to look a ton different from a, a just a guy by guy standpoint, like these dudes are huge um, and they've all had meaningful um, college experience to this point. Um, so it's going to look a lot different um, than what we've seen in the past from the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, there, there are guys that transferred to Indiana knowing what the schedule was. They knew that they were going to open with Ohio state. They've been thinking about it all off season and training, you know, for the chance to go try to slay the giant in week one. So when you're the Buckeyes, you always get somebody's best shot. It's you know you have to be ready to to see something you don't know that you're going to see. I mean, Jim Knowles joked. He's like, "Look, week one is kind of impossible to prep for." Mm-hmm. He laughed. He's like, "I mean, they could run the triple option. Like you 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 actually don't really know until mm-hmm. you start seeing stuff on film." Um, so you know it, it's it's challenging for both sides for sure. But you know. When, when you mix in the fact that you've got a team full of transfers, there's no tape on them in a certain system from a year before, it's really difficult to prep. Why don't yeah. we start on the defensive line where they're probably strongest? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you mentioned the Western Michigan transfer, Andre Carter. Yeah, Andre Carter, all signs point to him just being an absolute dude. He was obviously Western Michigan um, last year in the last five years. So this is a sixth season um, coming in um, in, this, in this transfer year to Indiana. But he was a top 100 transfer. Um, he led uh, or he led the, uh, the, the Broncos, 135 tackles last year, um, 27 tackles for a loss, 13 sacks. Um, in 2022, he had an 81.2 PFF grade, um, which ranked him as the 15th edge rusher um, in the, uh, in the country, um, last season. And he's going to be a guy that's on the defensive edge. Um, he's going to wear number one. Um, you're going to be able to see him. You'll see him all over the field. Um, and with the defense that they run, um, they run a little four, two, five is kind of their base. Um, that puts a lot of pressure on the defensive line. Uh, basically what you do with that within that scheme is you take a linebacker out of the box and he kind of floats and is more of a pat. He has pass responsibilities as well as rushing responsibilities. Um, it's good for some reasons. Um, you get a little, you get another hat in the pass game. However, that puts a ton of responsibility on the defensive line. Um, so from that defensive end position, Andre Carter is going to have a, um, a, a huge load um, to carry, and he's going to get his first opportunity against not Mac action on a week-by-week basis. Um, so, I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to go against two guys um, who are getting their first starts um, uh, for Ohio State. So he's a guy uh, to, keep, to keep your eye on. He's going to be primarily on the outside. Now, the rest of these guys, um, there's going to be a lot of – ability to go interposition so they can go inside a defensive line or defensive tackle but they can also play on the edge uh philip bleedy he's going to be a texas tech transfer um he had 40 tackles um six tackles for loss last year um he's going to be more of your defensive uh, a defensive tackle but 
Um, he stands at 6'3", 290. So a big dude um, in the middle. Um, and then he's paired up with Marcus Burns Jr., who's 6'4", 290. Um, he transferred from Texas A&M. Not a lot of play at A&M, uh, but still a big guy who's seen a lot of things. Um, and then Robbie Harrison, uh, your last transfer, he's a 6'3", 330-pounder. Um, he's going to be more in the middle in the interior. Uh, played at Arizona State. And they join up with two guys who are going to be returning uh, to Indiana um, and Ladarius Cox and Patrick Lucas, um, who transferred from Ole Miss last year. So your whole defensive line is kind of a hodgepodge of transfers from all over the country, big body guys, and then a dude and Andre Carter uh, who can really get after the quarterback and really um, cause havoc uh, for an offense, especially one that is uh, featuring two brand new left tackles and a brand new quarterback. You know, and I, and I think there's a big, uh, a big part of that defense that is saying, "Hey, look, defensive line, you got to be better than where we were a year ago because they basically never got to the quarterback last year." Um, and to your point, you know, if you're putting an extra hat in coverage, your defensive line has got to create some pressure to get home, and it just didn't happen last year. I mean, mm -hmm. the the passer rating for Indiana's opposition was extraordinarily high. Um, I, I'm sure they're hopeful the fact that they're going to play against, you know, a, a quote unquote first time starting quarterback, even though Kyle, you know, made a, a start against Akron. Um, I, I think they're going to try to do some goofy things to, to put him under duress uh, and try to confuse him. But the reality for me is if they don't get home, it just doesn't matter. It it's, makes it really tough. And just like you said, their pass rating that they gave up last year, 152.4. And for perspective, a perfect passer rating is 153.8. So you're a point and a half off from giving up a perfect passer rating. And that's not in one game. That's throughout the year. Um, giving up 275 through the air, gave up 30 touchdowns, only took the ball away four times um, via interception. So when you hear that, you're like, oh, my gosh, their secondary is terrible. Well, that's not the case always, right? Sometimes they were mismatched, and last year Ohio State did get the best from through for 322. Um, and it's really tough to match up from a skill standpoint with Ohio State. However, it's all tied together. If you're not getting pressure on the quarterback and, and Kyle McCord or Devin Brown can just stand back there like a statue – it doesn't matter if you have Deion Sanders in the backfield. Like it, you're going to give up big plays because you just can't cover that long. You can't cover Marvin Harrison or Emeka Buka that long if you're not yeah. getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, so it really starts up front. They did a great job, I, in my opinion, overhauling their uh, their defensive line, um, and that's the right first step to fixing a lot of their problems that did come through the through the past game. Um, and I think they did a you know, like I said, a good job. Um, kind of putting their foot, best foot forward to uh, to fix those. Let's go to the linebacker spot where they need some leadership out of Aaron Casey. Yeah, Aaron Casey, he's going to be the guy. Um, he's really he's the quarterback of that defense. Um, five year guy, uh, four year letter winner um, for Indiana. Um, it kind of an interesting tidbit. He wears the number forty four, um, and that's that's a signature number uh, for Indiana. Um, that is, uh, I want to make sure I get this right. It honors George. Tala Ferreira, who was the first African-American drafted uh, from Indiana. So it's a big deal. Um, and they give it to their leader of the defense. Um, so he'll be rocking number 44. Um, and he's been a playmaker um, for Indiana his whole all his four years. Uh, came, coming off a career season last year where he had 85 tackles. 
um, which he pretty much doubled uh, from his junior season uh, where he had 45. So maybe not quite a double, but uh, pretty darn close. Um, he had 10 tackles for loss last year. And really the way he plays is a lot of it's, it's fun to watch. He flies around, really aggressive, loves to hit. Um, so he'll be the leader of that defense. You'll see him in and around the ball um, the, the entire game. Um, now, one thing that's consistent about these linebackers that we'll go through here um, is I really think there's four that you'll see a lot of, but they're very old school style guys, right? They're, they're big, they're big dudes. Aaron Casey comes in 6'3", 225. Um, he's going to be partner next to redshirt senior Jacob Magnum Ferrara, who's a transfer from Stanford who stands at 6'4", 240, and at Stanford, he has 25 games, 11 starts, um, 87 career tackles. So not too much of a sample size there, but getting some ball at Stanford. Uh, behind those guys, Josh Rudolph, 5'11", 230. Um, he is a transfer from Austin P. And then um, you got a redshirt sophomore, Matt Holt, um, who was a former walk-on uh, at Indiana, stands at 6'2", 225. So they have some experience mixed in with some youth. Um, a couple transfers in there um, to go along with two IU Hoosiers, but really old school style linebacking where it's big guys, run stoppers, maybe not the best movers. Um, and that's an area of concern um, when you're going against Ohio State where it's like, hey, you know, last year they gave up 300 yards on the ground and through the air. So it's like pick one, like if you're going to stop the run, stop the run. But if you can't stop the run, you need to be a factor in the pass game. So um, we'll have to see how the new guys um, are able to come in and how Aaron Casey is able to really take a step up this season um, and this year against Ohio State to try to stop um, a little bit of that bleeding. Well, and, and I think, you know, so often the thought process, especially when you have a new starting quarterback, is, hey, just like ease your way into it. Run the ball, you know, pound it at a defense and – let a quarterback have some stress-free snaps and just see where this thing goes, right? Mm -hmm. And and when you have a good offensive line and you've got a, a talented running back room like Ohio State does, um, you know, that, that thought process clicks. But <laughs> Ryan Day likes to throw the football. And oh, yeah. We've seen that an awful lot, and for good reason. He's got a loaded wide receiver group. So I, I'm a little hesitant to just think like, guys ah, just going to give it to Travion Henderson and, you know, Evan Pryor maybe and Mayan Williams and Chip Traynham and they're going to carry it 50 times. I, I, I kind of hope that happens. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm buying that though. Well, I think you and I were talking about it earlier in the week. I don't know if we were on a show or not, but I had that similar thought and you're like, maybe not so, maybe not so fast. Like they got really good receivers and they're going to give him the opportunity to throw it. But I think, um, I think, Brennan, that where the difference lies is that, like last year, Mayan Williams was the leading rusher uh, for Ohio State in this game. He had 15 carries for a buck 47 and two scores. Chunk, chunk plays. And they gave up. Ohio State was having eight yards of carry pretty much um, throughout the entire game. So when you're able to do that, that gets you into advantageous, um, advantageous, um, you know, second and shorts, third and shorts where you can throw the ball and take shots. CJ last year threw it 28 times, which I think would be a perfect number um, would be in there because that gives you some legit drawbacks. You're able to have some quick game mixed in there to get some rhythm um, and you're able to take shots with, at that number. So I think it's going to be a healthy balance, um, you know, to your point. I, I, and I want to see um, um, Kyle throw the ball a little bit just to see getting rhythm, Devin to throw it a little bit to get in rhythm and not just hand it off left and right, like try to protect those guys. Like, let's see what they have 
um, kind of so we can prepare, you know, going forward. Speaking of throwing the ball, there's got to be guys that cover the uh, the wideouts. And for Indiana, you know, we kind of alluded to it. Um, could not have gone too much worse statistically mm-hmm. anyways last year. Um, you know, that 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 was probably the biggest weakness on their team. Where where are they right now in the secondary? Yeah, and it was a weakness every single week. Cincinnati threw it all over them. Purdue threw it all over them. Michigan State, even though they beat them, threw it all over them. Ohio State, obviously, uh, threw it all over them. So they kind of revamped the entire secondary, starting at the top, starting at the coaching staff. Um, Tom Allen was calling the defense last year. Um, he was a part of the secondary. He stepped back, brought in Matt Ge- Excuse me for pronouncing this incorrectly. Guerrieri. Did I hit that right? No. Guerrieri. Guerrieri. All right. Matt Guerrieri, uh, former Ohio State uh, um, quality guy last season um, and, uh, and, a, and a good friend of Jim Knowles. He had a good comment uh, yesterday. Basically views him as his son, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, so anyway, can't beat him. Take from him. Right. So they, they, they get an Ohio State guy to call the defense and he's the safeties coach. Um, so they have a number of different uh, positions out here, and that four-two-five um, scheme. You're gonna have uh, you're gonna have two safeties. One's gonna be kind of rolled and, and allowing for another ha- a half hat in the run game, and then one's gonna play over the top. You'll see a little bit of quarters, which is cover four. So you'll see um, each each corner is responsible for a quarter, and each safety is responsible for a quarter. You also see a lot of cover three, where this oh, there's one safety rolls to the middle. He's responsible for that whole middle third, and then each corner is responsible for the well, the back thirds on their side. Um, so this this team's going to go as their uh, as their safety Noah Pierre goes. Um, he's a four year letterman. Um, he's going to be wearing number zero, so he's going to be calling. He's going to be the head guy in the secondary. Um, you'll see him in the back end, um, really patrolling center field. Um, so he's played the last twenty four games uh, uh, for IU um, and and made all uh, his starts last year. So it's the start of the last twelve. Um, and he's played every game the last two seasons. Um, he's joined by Josh Sanganetti. Um, he's going to be wearing number 19. Um, he's played in 27 games in his career, 46 tackles, two picks, six PBUs. So a good player in that secondary. He's going to need to take a step up this year uh, to see some improvement. And in the back end, um, they're, they're, uh, some of the backups here, Philip Dunham um, and Amari Farrell. Um, is, Amari Farrell is a true freshman. He's got some uh, big looks. He was a, a huge recruit coming out of school so or coming out of high school. So keep an eye on him. He may be later on in the year. Um, but that's going to be the safety position. And on the corner, in the corner room, they have a lot of players. Um, three, three transfers who are going to get the nod to, to start. Um, Jameer Johnson transferred from Texas. Um, played in 17 games, six tackles, one PBU. That leads me to believe is more of a special teams guy, less of a, uh, you know, everyday guy. Um, Kobe Miner, Texas Tech transfer, um, 13 tackles in 23 games. He'll be wearing number five. Um, Nick Toomer, um, a transfer from Stanford. Um, and then the last transfer that I think important, um, this came a couple weeks ago. Um, this guy's name is Jojo Johnson. He's a Juco guy, uh, but played his first year at Notre Dame. Um, was an Indiana guy in high school, um, went to Notre Dame, didn't work out, went to Juco, um, and then um, is now transferring to Indiana. So a really um, big, uh, big responsibility from these guys. Um, they're replacing two guys who got drafted um, in Taiwan Mueller. M- M- um, and Jalen Williams, um, who were both all Big Ten guys last year, uh, all Big Ten second teamers, and have been drafted. So huge hole to replace, um, and they went the, to the transfer portal to do so from guys who have seen high-level talent, you know, at Texas and Texas Tech, 
but have very, very little experience. I think uh, I think there's an, a big element of the unknown here because you kind of know what these guys have done elsewhere. But what are they going to do together and what are they going to do against an offense that has, you know, as high end talent as they're going to see all year? Um I'm I'm not quite ready to start, you know, predicting stats and numbers and and mm-hmm. scores and things like that for the week. But I, I guess I walk away, you know, after studying the defense a little bit and, and saying, hey, I I think they're better. I'm not surprised Ohio State's a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I think Ohio State's a four touchdown favorite. I could certainly see that, but. I guess in my heart of hearts, I, I feel like this is more of like a like a 20-point game than a 28-point mm-hmm. game. Well, I think, too, one of the things, Brennan, that um, doesn't help Indiana is it's great. You know, we talk about all these guys transferring in from big schools. And, yeah, sure, they were practicing at Texas last year and Texas Tech and Notre Dame a couple of years ago. But they have to mesh. And it's really hard. It's We've been talking about it a bunch. We were talking about three positions that had to mesh on offense and how much of a concern that I've said that I've had about tackle, tackle and quarterback, right? They've have to, they're basically having to revamp and mesh an entire defense, every position, every, every level of the defense has some, a new face to it. Um, so that's really hard to do. Even if you were opening up against no disrespect, Akron or Toledo, that's hard to do there, let alone you're coming, you're, you're welcome in Ohio state, um, into the uh, into your home your home uh, your home stadium and you have to do it right away. However, that 29 and a half or 28 and a half um, is a big number. Uh, but I after watching it, if you get even decent quarterback play, um, you know I think that's one where Ohio State could go like last year. It could be 21 nothing in the first quarter um, and you know the bucks are off and running they look they look normal. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how it shakes. Um, I think it'll be really tough um, for them to to have that chemistry built um, and be able to play really smooth in a new scheme, new system against some of the best athletes in all of college football. Can't wait to see how it shakes out, man. It's mm-hmm. it was uh, it's always difficult when you're in camp and and you're just constantly talking about you know playing against yourselves. Uh, it's nice to be you know with that mentality that hey, it's it's finally time to go up and measure yourself against someone else and. Uh, I asked Ryan Day at the end of the press conference yesterday about the fact that they played, you know, Minnesota two years ago, Notre Dame last year in the opener. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I I think it's understood that Minnesota and Notre Dame are better teams than Indiana in general. Um, but the idea is you get a limited number of chances and it's a conference game. And, and you know, without being disrespectful to an opponent, you're not opening the year with a bye game. Mm-hmm. You know, Ohio State is expected to hammer Western Kentucky and they're expected to hammer Youngstown state. Um, I know it's a big line, but you're playing against another big 10 team with, as you just mentioned, guys all over that defense that are coming from major power five schools, regardless of, you know, what they've done in the past. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of really good athletes and guys with good size. Uh, and two and three years ago, Tom Allen's teams were really good the last couple of years. Now they've, they have, you know, fall, I guess it's three and four years ago now, mm-hmm. 19 and 20, uh, Indiana was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the last two years they've tapered off a little bit despite being, you know, uh, in a lot of games they lost last year. Um, so I, I, I sensed from Ryan day that, you know, they were talking about some of the things that they've learned, uh, 
opening up against a big name team. Um, Cause remember a couple years ago, man, when it was, you know, this, the season was impacted severely by COVID. Mm-hmm. This was a pretty young group and there was a big element of, of Ryan day going, gosh, you know, we were able to make the run we, we made in 2020 with Justin Fields. You, you had a couple games canceled and that's all good and fine, but um, you lost a lot of practice time because of COVID in the spring. You, you missed three games. And so he turns to 21 and he's got a young roster by uh, class that mm-hmm. felt even younger because there wasn't a lot of experience. Um, so I, I think they've learned a lot the last couple of years. And, and I know they're going to talk about that going into this week. Yeah, absolutely. And, and on the flip side of things, you, you go back to the years where uh, Indiana had good teams back to 19 and 20. One of the common denominators there was that the head coach, Tom Allen, he wasn't involved in the defense. He was more in that CEO role. Um, and he took the defense back over in 21 and 22. That led to a little bit of a downfall. So I think it's really important. Um, and we didn't touch on it much, but I think it's really important that he stepped back from calling the plays yeah. on defense, um, brought a, brought a uh, defensive coordinator in and reassume that CEO role of the, yeah. of the, of the um, team where he's going to be you know, involved in everything now and not responsible for calling the defense. So, Hey, if it worked in the past, let's try it again. Um, so that'll be, that'll be a, a good point to keep your eye on. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's, it's, you mentioned it's hard for us to cover a team where it's like, Hey, in practice, it's the same thing over and over. It's 27 times harder for the guys there. They're just like, I don't want to hit big banging with my, against my teammates anymore. Like give me another Jersey Give me another helmet as soon as possible. They're going to be chomping at the bit. They're going to come out on fire um, for sure. And uh, we'll see We'll see how they're able to uh, to deal with these new look Hoosiers. Um, I think we'll be okay. In my in my opinion, we'll be, it's going to look a lot like it did last year. Uh, we'll be able to run the ball uh, at will, um, you know, and really lean on, you know, your veteran guards, your veteran running backs um, to make yards. And then it'll ease the, ease the burden on your quarterbacks. Uh, and give them the ability to just rip it through the air to uh, to your dude. So um, at least that's my opinion. Hopefully I'm right on that one. I love it. I think there's a lot of people hoping you're right for sure. Mm-hmm. Can't wait, man. 3.30 on Saturday afternoon, we're going to see the Bucks and the uh, Crimson and Cream letting it go for the first time in 2023. It is just a couple days away, and we've got you covered with everything you need to know. Buckeyesnow.com and, of course, here on the Buckeye Breakdown Podcast. For Anthony Meglin, I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll see you again tomorrow morning, Thursday at 7 a.m., where we'll flip things. We'll start looking at the uh, Ohio State defense and what they look like against the Indiana offense as we continue our preview throughout the course of the week. Of course, we'll cover some breaking news along the way if it happens, so you know that you've got that locked in here as well. Uh, And there are going to be players available to us after practice tonight at the Woody, expecting you here most likely from Xavier Johnson, Donovan Jackson, Travion Henderson, Mike Hall, Josh Fryer, and perhaps Lathan Ransom. So uh, some veteran guys that we think are really going to be a big part of this team this year, uh, probably going to meet with the media tonight. Uh, it sounds like that's around 6.15 p.m. So by the time we wrap up with, uh, with those guys and then get some of the interviews posted, it, it'll be this evening. Um, but we will certainly share with you tonight some of the commentary from those players as they meet with the media. So keep it locked here on our YouTube channel on Buckeyes Now. In the meantime, we'll see you tomorrow morning and certainly over on the website, buckeyesnow.com, for all the latest.